0: Hi, book friends. This week we are super excited to discuss the Deliver Us from Evil trilogy by Monica James. Welcome, Monica. Hello. <laughs> we, we love this trilogy. So it's a dark contemporary romance, young adult. Um, and a little bit about Monica. So she's a best-selling author in the US, Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Israel, and the UK. I mean, that's quite the achievement. Wow, that's a laundry list. (laughs) Residing in Australia with your family and what you call a menagerie of animals.
1: and I love this
0: part as well. So you're slightly obsessed with cats chucks and lip gloss and you secretly wish you were a ninja on the weekends. Now I'm totally there for the ninja side of things. <laughs> I would really like to be a spy or a hacker so I'm, I' can, yeah. I can totally feel that vibe. Awesome, yeah. I could be a hacker because as we discuss, I'm not very tech savvy so I'm, exactly <laughs> not I, I'm not either, but that would be like if I had no nothing holding me back and I could do whatever I wanted. Hacker would be the thing. <laughs>
2: It'd be pretty cool. You'd be yeah, you'd be absolutely. able to do some amazing things. You could hack into Amazon and just get whatever you wanted. Did you know? it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, so this is the
0: thing. Yeah.
1: I'd I'd want to be an assassin. Yeah. I mean, that'd I'm not.
0: Cool. I, I'd also be keen to be a sniper because I feel that'd be really cool.
1: Yeah. That's. I wouldn't want to do the torture. Just. The, <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Shit. Yeah.
0: Hey, each and all for me. I'd I'd be happy with anything. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we kind of get that vibe from the book. <laughs> we have read my book, so you know. <laughs> um so before we get into like discussing the book, the way we like we, we're really weird in terms of how we find books that we like, but ultimately um, you know, the cover drew us in. I mean, Lockie Kerry like and nice. Michelle, Jesus, those covers are amazing
2: so amazing yeah,
0: but yeah. in addition to that we also like to stalk authors on social media and then we kind of find people that we feel like we would gel with in real life and we're like right that's one of our people i feel Aww, like i love that <laughs> hashtag tribe i love it <laughs> so that's literally what we do and we're like yep she seems cool we'll definitely Aww, like her books thanks. that's how we got onto it oh <laughs> i'm glad i passed the cool test <laughs>
1: I think this on the covers as well, um, literally like Lockie Carey was exactly who I pictured as Punky. Like, yeah, yep. you know, sometimes you kind of change that. Like, you're like, no, that person doesn't have black hair in my head or that person's not a blonde or whatever. But this was like to the T. I was like, that's exactly who I have in my head for this. Absolutely.
2: Oh. Lockie was amazing. He, um, well, I think I explained. Lockie, Michelle, and I did a an Instagram live, um, and so Lockie originally wasn't supposed to be um, on the cover. So I originally had someone else in mind, um, yeah. and took all the photos and everything for me. It just kind of fell through though with COVID and everything. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then one of my readers. Um, mentioned Lockie and Michelle and so at that stage I hadn't really I didn't really know who Lockie was I didn't I knew Michelle obviously um but then I reached out to Michelle and I said hey do you think we could just kind of um do this to Lockie and she's like yeah he's up for anything (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and the the rest is history so yeah originally he wasn't supposed to be punky um and when I wrote him when I wrote punky like Lockie wasn't even in the picture so it's actually quite funny that um, that it's he turned around. So well. yeah. It was like it was. It's it's odd. It's, it's like the universe works in really strange ways. It was so meant yeah, to be for sure, definitely. He wasn't meant to be punky, but he is um, immortalizes punky now. I think so. Absolutely. Sorry, Lucky. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, so the trilogy. I guess we'll just do a really <laughs> level overview of the trilogy, and then we'll <laughs> right down into it. Um, so this the trilogy is about two rival families in Ireland and Northern Ireland, the Kellys who are Protestant and then the Doyles who are Catholic. Um, you know, their rival extends years, both families are into distributing drugs and guns and rule their respective areas. So Punky is the son of the leader Connor Kelly and has grown up in the crime family and also Tragically, witnessed the brutal murder of his mother when he was five years. That ago. was so horrible. I, <laughs> know. I know to start the book off like that, you just like.
2: Yeah, well, I like to punch people in the face <laughs>
1: with, with, with
2: with So for me, that's the that's what kind of um, as a writer that that's what I always try to do is like the first line, first chapter. That the opening always has to kind of punch someone in the face and that's why I thought it's really brutal to start off this way but I thought it was a good kind of way to set up the storyline yeah. as to what people were going to expect because it's not a it's it's quite a dark book so I thought well if I start off with the darkest event and then people kind of like oh okay everything else that follows it's not going to be a shot for them because you do yeah. have to be very careful with dark romance um, you have to make sure that you're not um uh, you know you have to I think you have to tread lightly and with caution. And that's why I thought, well, if I kind of start off with that, I think people will kind of know what the rest of the book is going to be about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So since he's witnessed that um growing up, he's just about to he's about to avenge his mother's death. But in doing so, along the way through the course of the, the trilogy, he does uncover a lot of secrets. Some are from his enemies. Uh, but others are actually from people that are quite close to him. So he has to really work through the whole series on figuring out who he can trust. Is there anyone he can forgive, Um, especially those that have betrayed him? And also on top of that, can he actually love someone as well? (laughs) So the whole series is full of so many twists, suspense, angst, the cliffhangers. Oh, my God. Brutal. (laughs) Like we're brutal. And (laughs) I think the thing I loved as well is uh, um so Amanda and I will go into books completely blind. Like we love we love that. So we won't read a blurb or anything. It's um but you just don't see any of like a lot of the stuff coming that happens as well, which I love being surprised. And sometimes, you know, you're like, Oh, okay. Um but I guess where did you draw your inspiration from for this series and what research did you did you take especially with regards to like the irish way of life and the the slang like what was the process there
2: um it's really hard (laughs)
1: because
2: obviously i'm irish
1: um so um
2: i don't know i'm a bit of a weird writer like i'm a bit of a weird thinker so i don't really have um i mean i'm sure you have other authors that are like oh i Structure things out, and I have a storyboard. And so I'm not like that. I'm just kind of like, I'm going to write a mafia, Irish mafia, because I haven't written that before, (laughs) Um, and I'm going to write it because uh, why not? (laughs) And he's going to find his way. So um, I don't know. It was there was no real process. Like I loved um, Ireland. I've never been, and before COVID hit, I was supposed to go over there, and that's when I was going to do my research. So unfortunately, because I couldn't go, it was a lot of online stuff you know, just watching a lot of YouTube videos, um, just doing a lot of research, reading about the Protestant versus Catholics um, and and talking to authors that are, that are Irish um, as well. They helped me out a lot um, and my proofreader, she was from Belfast as well. So that's why the slang is so spot on is because I made sure that I actually used um, a proofreader who would pick up particular slang that I used that I had googled, but it took me so I'm normally a really fast writer, but this book took me so long to write because of the slang and because of obviously um, the places and the events I wanted to make sure were as accurate as possible. So, yeah, there was a lot of research that went into it prior, but um, inspiration, I don't know, it's just, I just I just love Ireland. I always have. Um, and, yeah, it's something that I haven't written before and I do like to challenge myself, so why not write about it? <laughs> an Irish mafia? <laughs>
1: why not yeah that's it's, awesome with the <laughs> um, um with the sleigh, it was hilarious because I, I started reading it a bit before Amanda and I'm like okay I've had to google a couple of things so when you yeah. get ready, this is what it means and then yeah. by the end of the first book I was fluent I-
2: I was oh, into it. So
1: happy. that's yes. so great I love definitely that. when
0: I first I started reading I was like oh okay it's take took me back a bit I was like okay there's this Irish slang, like, oh, all right, this is different. I haven't read anything like this before. But yeah, I was like, I mean, that that Irish slang was turning me on. Like, oh, I love it. that.
2: Oh, I love it. I love that. Makes me so happy. Because um
0: <laughs> what that was really
2: scary for me was I just wanted to make sure it was as authentic as possible. Um yeah. and so because it, because it's set, like the first book is set, you know. <clears throat> when you know in in the past so i was able to get away with using like old school slang but then when it's set in present day time that was what my proofreader said she said like a lot of people don't speak like that anymore because like the younger generation watch a lot of american tv so they're influenced a lot by american tv so i don't know if you've noticed there's a shift between book one and book two but there's not as much slang in in book two which is was done on purpose obviously because it is set you know in different times correct exactly and that was my proofreader she's like I said she's from Belfast and she was so amazing she she said I'm really proud of you You do really good considering you're not Irish but she really made it she just tied up all those loose ends and so when I read the final draft that she gave me I was like oh my god this is this is what I what I heard in my head and then she was obviously to convey that uh, was able to convey it so it was yeah it makes me happy to hear you say that because all that yeah all the hard work obviously <laughs> yeah yay,
0: it paid yes. off. Absolutely. yeah absolutely I think
1: it was only in, yeah in the first couple of chapters where they were having conversations and it was like what does that mean Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, it's it it hard. hard it's um yeah yeah to get into character because there's obviously like the three main guys so when they're talking i wanted i was trying to think about you know three young guys talking mm. together and i wanted to, how they would talk so they would be obviously really you know crude and slang and so forth so um, that was hard for me to write because it was not one character that I had to, mm. you know, write. Playing for it was
0: three. So that was yeah, really absolutely. Like that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: But, you know, as I say, in terms of when we like, you know, are watching um, authors and whatnot on social media, we're like, okay, that person seems to be in our boat. Um, that is exactly like you saying, I wanted to write a, an Irish mafia.
1: <laughs> we
0: literally were like having a few drinks one night, and we were like, you know what? We love books. Let's do a podcast, and uh, <laughs> and then it all developed from there. So yeah, we do this. We're we're very much the same. We're like this. We're doing it, and we just oh,
2: <laughs> so good. That's so great. I love that. I love um, yeah. I don't plan. I'm very um. I don't know. Like I'm just everyone's like is there any like method to your madness and I was like no it's like every book's different the way I write it's I wish you know I wish I could say I was really organized but I'm not you know I'm really organized but it, it works out in the end so it
0: works for me 29 books very like, well. so. yeah. very well. <laughs> um, and just letting you know this is a spoiler episode as well so people that are uh, listening have either read the trilogy or are they like to listen and then go and read it. So you don't have to hold back on anything. Oh, I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I can tell you. No, we can. And also, (laughs) if you haven't read the trilogy, when we say the cliffhangers are brutal, it is a completed trilogy. So you don't have to worry about waiting. You can go straight on to the next book. (laughs) Right. So so starting with Thy Kingdom Come. So we obviously we've got punky and his two best friends keen and rory and um punky's kind of a bit lost right because he's still so traumatized by his mum's murder when he was five and he's kind of just like okay like i'm just he's hell bent on revenge he just doesn't really know what to do with himself or what not really. And he's kind of just in a bit of a rut. So his dad, or who he thinks is his dad, Connor, um, is you know, abusive towards him, never treats him as actually like a part of the family. And he's got twin siblings um as well, but they are younger. And then a stepmom who was his mum's best friend. I mean, what a cat. Just moved there. <laughs> move right awkward. in I know, totally <laughs> awkward move right in and then it's like but you're not a part of my family just excludes punky and <laughs> a portrait
1: without him in it <laughs> like what a bitch
0: <laughs> i know true true um but yeah so and, and you kind of find out as well like he's kind of closed himself off from any type of yeah so punky's kind of shut himself off for any type of affection as well so he kind of refers to the fact that he has sex but literally just for the release there's no kind of you know actual affection involved or anything like that until he's walking home one night and he comes across who he refers to as baby doll and like she steals from him which i kind of loved because he just totally wasn't expecting it
2: i love it too because he's just like he's supposed to be this like real cool like you know um thief and like and i love that she was able to do that i thought i love that she kind of Kind of beat him at his own game and I right set them up. Him, yeah. yeah and he hated it because he's like hang on a second like he totally you know that's not like him to kind of let his guard down and she did that i love that dynamic between them i think that that for me was um i like when you know when the when the hero and and, and you know he's squeeze meat. i love it i love when they kind of have a a weird interaction i find it interesting you know so i thought that's that was a good way
0: yeah, absolutely. And then so he gets taken over to the Duffy's house because his dad wants to exploit him to form a business relationship. And here's baby doll acting as, well, not acting, but the maid yeah. there. Okay. And he's
1: all like, oh, okay. that was easy to find her. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to look far. Exactly. Hang on, you're here. Why are you here? <laughs> uh, also, where's my mum's brooch? So like, exactly. give it back. Cough it up. <laughs>
0: you give it back. But obviously, like, as it goes on, there's, you know, none of these meetings have been by chance. So she's been placed there. We don't find out until further along in the book why, but it's just alluded the whole way along that there's something, you know, she's there for a reason. It has to do with Punky. And, you know, she's not being completely honest with her interactions with him. And then she's, you know, being manipulated by this guy, which we later learn is her, um, Step brother or half brother? Half brother, yeah. Oh my god, that was so
1: traumatizing. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Was uh, I, uh, <laughs> at when you find out, yeah, who he is to her, and that he, you know, he he could have gone further. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I think he went far enough. <laughs> I was. I, <laughs> I don't know. There's
0: fun. Further- <laughs> yeah um but yeah so I was very glad that Plunky killed him in such a brutal way um Hmm. once we find out what he was like um absolutely so that like and I think that's the the turning point for him as well so he meets baby doll he has a turning point and he's like (laughs) he's like okay I'm I need to stop being stuck in this you know Stand still. I need to move forward. I need to get this revenge. So he decides he's going to go over and basically infiltrate the Doyles and get involved with them and find out, you know, what's going on. And of course, he um, just goes straight into their pub. And as Mike,
1: from as Mike from America. Yeah. I do. <laughs> and, and then Kian was uh, Kanga from Australia. <laughs> and Rory was. What was his name? He was a Frenchman, but I I know, Paul. I think it was Paul. I, I, <laughs> so I love that. I, love I was like, that. what? Like, are they on a Kentucky? Like, how did what? they know? <laughs> <laughs> <That> <laughs> was Such was a
0: so <laughs> I love that we're on a Kentucky tour. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, like, I know. I, I like know. how nobody questioned it either. They're like, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, he's yeah, got, got an American, an Australian, a Frenchman. All in Ireland. In an Irish car. Hey, why not? Yeah. That's the 80s.
1: Whatever, whatever.
0: <laughs> he's focusing so hard the whole time on this hand tattoo that he saw when his mum was murdered. And then he goes into the Doyle's pub and realises that that hand tattoo doesn't they all have, have, like, have a whole lot of, you know yep. it's not as unique as what he thought it was going to be um yep. it's just basically something that they all have if they've killed um you know a kelly or a protestant, protestant. Correct. yeah so that kind of really messes his plans up he's like damn i thought i thought i, I was good killed here. my mum. jesus this I know. is just going on like The man I with the
1: tattoo
0: <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know so um a couple of big things so we're going back. Like, he, he kind of gets his in there by beating up Hugh, which sucked in Hugh. I mean, and also he bit his tattoo off, which was quite graphic. Um, <laughs> really, oh, no. You really described in detail how he bit it off as well. Like, there was no doubt in your mind how that occurred. It was coming
2: off. <laughs> it was coming off.
0: <laughs> um and then he goes back, and his family—well, you know, his family—in quotation marks—were having an anniversary party, and Baby Doll just happens to be there as the waitress again. No. And no. she's all like, "Hey, there's about to be a raid."
1: Wait. Also, where's my brooch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still don't have my brooch back. <laughs>
2: Give me my mum's brooch, woman. <laughs>
0: she she decided to give it back to him because she could say and I think that's the part where you also realize their connection because she realizes that even though so she's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because it comes out that obviously someone's holding something over her head which has to do with her family and she needs to do whatever she needs to do here with Punky to be able to help her family but in saying that she also has this connection to punky and she doesn't want to throw him under the bus so she gives him this brooch back because she can sense how much it means to him and that's when you kind of realize that yeah she's starting to try and help as much as she can without you know throwing her family under the bus and so you're at the anniversary party she's like hey you're about to be raided meanwhile she was the one that planted the drugs. So <laughs> it's really counterproductive in uh, <laughs> her, her
2: We don't know what she's doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. At, at this point as well, you're like, who is who who is she working for? Like you kind of yeah. said it must be must be the Doyles, but it, you don't know yeah, what her connection is to them no, at that point and what they have at all. Said. But also
0: that's the point where Punky realizes. He knows that something's not quite there with her. Like it's not, she's not who she says she is, but he also realizes that she's obviously in strife because that's when he sees the bruises and the whip marks all over her back as well, which was just like horrible. I mean, that, that was hard for him to take. But um, moving on from there, like we're going to, um, I mean, the end of the first book, a lot of things happen, <laughs> you know, a lot. So Mike... From America has to go and prove himself in uh you know, and Aiden takes him to this little dodgy house, and he is one of his own people who've obviously betrayed them the Kelly's. And um, he just goes rogue. I mean, he just brutally kills Aiden. It's like, nah, time's done. I'm gonna kill you. Well, he um, had to because he was about to be
1: exposed as well, not yeah. America.
0: Yeah and
1: uh <laughs> no a, wasn't it wasn't possible America they Kentucky take it to it ended they Kentucky take it, it to ended. It ended and he had to he had to do something he's like I can't have but you know it really wouldn't have mattered because then he killed him anyway
0: <laughs> killed him <laughs> got rid of him and set up this whole ploy to make out it was um you know their guy that had killed him and you know after he convinced Aiden to call Liam Liam Doyle and tell him hey everything's good here bro Mike yeah. came through he came
1: through on his deal. Um, and so he's like, yeah, no, we're still. While good. he's like crucifixed to the wall, he makes this call too. Like oh he's Jesus. He, he's quite composed to make a call. So you're <laughs> very composed. We're going to go hook up with a hooker right now, but Mike's good. <laughs> yeah. Mike is good. He's good for it.
0: <laughs> so, like, heaps of stuff happens. Firstly, he finds out. Who his mum's family is as well,
1: which mm-hmm. like
0: they just kind of gave up on his mum and him. They're still living yeah. in the house where she was brutally murdered, by the way, which is pretty fucked up. Like yeah. you know, and um, Kian gets kidnapped and and tortured because they think he's puppy oh, Poor Kian. I mean, I, I don't know, like yeah, Kian. because baby doll. Yeah, walks to a photo and says that's that's punky. I'm like, that's punky because she's trying to help punky out, meanwhile, just throws his best friend under the bus.
2: I know he's a silly girl,
0: and I mean, <laughs> this is where punky goes rogue again. And he just like you know, sets Hugh on fire and burns down the whole house. I mean, in fairness, <laughs> the house did need to be burnt down. I mean, down. I
1: agree, that house should not have been standing. No, definitely. exactly right, it exactly needed right. to go, and it was Literally. good that Hugh was there as well. I agree. That he should,
2: worked he, well. He deserved to burn to death a life. <laughs> I was like, what's a, what's a brutal way that he can die? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I did
1: think you were going to kill Kean at that point too because. Nah, he was, gonna he was never going to die. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, mate. oh, my goodness. Like, I don't, I don't even know, I don't know who's going to survive this story. This. <laughs> Is yeah. Punky going to live? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, you know, we'll get to book three shortly. But yeah, it's kind of like a bit of a Sons of Anarchy thing, isn't it? You're like. Geez, yeah, why? We don't no know. One's
2: limit. No one's off limits. <laughs> no one's
0: off limits. And so at this point, he realises Aiden was there when his mum was killed. So he's like, tick, there's one off the list. Hugh was a bastard. Yep. He had to die. That's cool. So yep. he, he's like, I need to kill Liam too. But also Brody, who is the father of the Doyles, He he's pretty sure he was there. And then he's trying to work out who the third person was there when his mum died.
1: And at this point... Has he done because he's in the process of as well as trying to figure out who his actual dad is as well yeah. uh, in book one? Because Sean and Connor, or I think it's Connor because he beats the shit out of Connor at one point. Yeah. He's like, he actually, still hasn't figured out why his mum was targeted in
0: the way he was targeted no. and why his dad never avenged her death. Yeah. And so that's right. when, yeah, it comes out that, well, sh- they tell him she was having an affair with Brody, Brody and possibly could have been Brody's son, and that's why they didn't avenge the death.
2: Mm. Um, because Punky might be a yeah, he might not be a Kelly, <laughs> no,
0: exactly. He might not be a Kelly, and so all this stuff goes down. Punky realizes, Look, you know, Connor is losing the loyalty of his men, they're not frightened, so he comes up with a plan like, We're going to, um. I'm going to take yeah. over from Connor. I'm going to install this fear back into people, and on the at the same time, he's working with Liam, and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to um, intercept the Kelly's movements, blah blah blah, the Kelly's drug thing." And so he's like, "Shit, I need to make a plan for that as well." So he tells Sean, thinking Sean's the good guy here, and you know, we, we find out that's not the truth. Whoopsie, Oops. um, trusted the wrong person there. So did Oops. so did baby doll. Yeah, baby doll divulges all her secrets to Sean as well. She had Um, a word on it. She just told him her whole life story.
1: Yeah, but Hunky, he he gets the DNA results and they tell him that he is, in fact, a Doyle. So that's just like, okay. Shit.
2: Shit. I've just killed my family tree. (laughs)
0: I know and so he tells Connor everything that's going to go down and how they're going to double cross Liam Doyle Liam thinks he's stealing their drugs they're going to kill all the Doyles and next minute they show up to the rendezvous point Connor's there you know Brody's there and he's got baby doll who happens to be Camilla his daughter and they half brother. And Chunky's half half-sister. Yeah. Yeah. Super Stupid. awkward. I've obviously, had some very passionate sex. So that that was an awkward
1: discovery for them. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> awkward. But I feel they handled it quite well there. They were like, look, we just can't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yep. try and scrub
0: Sorry. those memories for our mind. Also scrub the fact that I'm still getting hard over you. Um, <laughs> Uh,
1: this is impassionately
0: goodbye yeah and also i really need to focus because we're doing a double cross right now so if we could just remove the half sister thing from my mind at the moment I need to i'll come people. back to it yeah we'll come back to it we'll table that another time um in time you need to leave you need yeah. to <laughs> yeah please save yourself it's like epic shootout but bloody you know sean kills Connor, who Which jumped in don't front of Punky
1: you to don't save know. his life. We don't
0: know at that point, but Sean kills Connor. He jumped in front of Punky to save his life, and the last thing he says is, don't trust Sean. Oh,
1: no, um,
0: don't trust I Uncle Sean! So he was blown. Jesus Christ. Uncle yep. Sean, he was there the whole time. And, you know, everybody gets killed pretty much. Sean gets shot, and Brody's like, look, if you want anybody to live, you've got to take the fall for this. And, I mean, it gutted me that he spent 10 years in prison
1: (laughs) and he wasn't allowed to see anybody or talk to anybody Well, he didn't want to either. He didn't want to. He refused to even read their letters and he refused to see them. Well, because Brody told him if he had any contact with them that he would kill them.
0: So he basically had to shut himself off and he was put into, like, this depraved prison where the prison guards just attacked them constantly and turned a blind eye to everything. And, you know, the nurses just slept with all the, the prisoners. Um, Aoife yeah. just was there getting their rocks off while she was fixing
2: it. She,
1: was,
0: his- she,
2: she yeah. wanted some yeah.
1: <laughs> And But, uh, you know, she was helping him out. She was helping him she out. Yeah, she was.
0: Yeah. And, you know, 10 years down the track, all of a sudden, Hannah shows up. She's grown up. She's not six anymore. And wow. uh, he, she's like, here's Sean's, you know, in journal, a was a journal. in a journal i know <laughs> i know and uh yeah he's your father <gasps> he's your father and you're not related to baby hey, doll time, yeah. he didn't have to feel guilty about jerking off over baby doll in those things. i know was thinking of- <laughs> well, <laughs> he was thinking of the whole time so you know that was a huge a huge cliffhanger like you know, um, I was very glad that the second book was already out and <laughs> just jumped straight into that. And obviously, Darcy, who's still harboring this crush for him, has come back. Uh-huh. And like, I'm going to get you out of prison because I'm a I'm a lawyer now. And she gets him out, and you know, they're like, shit. What do we do now?
1: I know. I think. And at that point, because it's like only Hannah and Ethan, oh, and obviously Darcy are there to to greet him at the prison. You're like. Where's Rory? Where is Camille? Kian was there. Kean
0: was there. Oh, no, Ethan, was there. Wasn't there. Ethan, Ethan wasn't there. Ethan
1: wasn't there. Kean was there with Hannah. And you're like, hmm, why is Rory not there? Where is and Rory? also,
0: Ethan had been, Hannah's told him that Ethan's been caught up in Sean's web. Because
1: Sean's not dead. Because Sean's not dead. Who, who did they bury? We don't know. We don't know who they buried, but he's not dead. And he's...
0: He's, got He's like been planning a 10-year comeback. And, I mean, that's a lot of, um, you know, like that's a lot of, uh, you
1: know. Like John
2: Barnum, you know, like the last, yeah.
1: the last yeah. two hours. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's very crazy. patient, isn't he? He's like, yeah. very he much is. so. got nothing else to do. A lot of evil monologues were written during that time.
0: And yes. in his journals, his journals, a lot of journaling. Um, Dear diary, I'm going here. to take over the world in ten yeah. years' time. I promise you. Come okay, on, come
1: back. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like set up a house in suburbia with a rose garden. So he's, uh uh-huh. Really, he did the roses on. on
2: purpose though, because yeah, yeah. Yep. Which Very I I,
1: under-
2: kind of, I thought I liked that kind of touch because I knew Punky was a. Always gonna go find Sean, so that's why I thought the roses is just a like a oh, fuck absolutely. you know, to, to Punky. So oh, yeah, Sean, Sean is just a passive aggressive man. You know he I'm yeah aggressive. Yes, yeah.
0: And so you find out that Sean's gone and got Ethan hooked on drugs, so he's all screwed up. Ethan tries to shoot Punky at the cemetery, and like it's so horrible though because he's just so broken, and Punky's like. You know, realizes it, and he's just like, you know, keep fighting type thing.
1: Well, um, you know, the reason he, Punky goes to prison because he he thinks he's saving them, but when he comes back and he realizes shit's gone down, and they're all broken, <laughs> yeah, all fucked up. It's like I me and his Dad I- killed himself. Correct, and I think with Punky, like, I wanted to write
2: him to be a a broken character. So he obviously um, thinks that he's doing good and he doesn't really see his value. He doesn't see how other people see him and how they value him. And so that's when he comes out of prison and exactly what you said, like, he's like, shit, oh, my goodness, I thought I was doing the right thing, but really... You know, he he didn't see his worth until he comes out and sees what happens to Belfast and the people that he loves. He thought he was they were going to live their life, and that's all he wanted for them was yeah. to get out of the life of crime because they really never had a choice. You know, they were born into it. Um, and so when he gets out, it's just like this oh my god moment. By Ten years of my life, I shouldn't have agreed to what I you know
0: I did. So um, yeah, it's it's. That I was a know, hard I, reality for him, absolutely.
2: I, I, and it was hard to write because I thought, this poor guy, <laughs> you know, I'm not cutting him a break, you know, but I love that he is so wounded and broken, but he's so tough and hard as well. Like, I love that he's got the two sides, and that's why the face paint
1: is yes. split down
2: the middle because he absolutely. is, he's really mad. He, he's got those, and he can, it just turns off, you t- can turn on with a switch, you know, so which I like.
0: And also Punky finds out as well that his dad, well, he, who he thought his dad was, Connor, had left all of his thing, all of his estate, the castle, everything to Punky, which is just dilapidated now. Um, and, you know, that he he, he starts to realise that Connor really was just trying his best, you know, and he was trying to harden him up because he didn't want him to feel the heartbreak and the loss that he had felt when, you know, Punky's mum was killed and whatnot. But also he 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 doesn't realise
1: how much Connor was actually protecting the people of... Belfast. Yeah, of Belfast as well. And the actual leader that he was, Punky never seen that. like Yeah, because now that the royals are overtaken, they're just ruling with, you know,
0: without mercy. They're just destroying businesses. They're, you know, just yeah destroying people's lives and he's like wow okay maybe there was more stability here than i correct
2: realized. and i like that like i think book one you kind of think that connor's the villain and then book two you realize that he's not he right. was just trying to really protect punky in the best way that he could like he wasn't father of the immaterial he didn't at all. do his
0: best but, job but he was trying correct. to do his well, best
2: he tried job. To protect correct exactly
0: yeah and so like baby doll comes back and she's all like hey I missed you but also I'm engaged um (laughs) is like a real slap in the face and he's like okay look like he's gutted but he he wants again wants to do the right thing and he he's like well that's really what I wanted for her um only for Darcy to take him to a party and utter devastation Rory is who she's
1: engaged to and I was
0: so gutted
1: I was too because I was like that's his best friend and are they happy together I mean Kemi still thinks they're brother and sister so she's just so fucking confused the whole thing and oh I know I always
2: knew that was gonna happen so that's what I don't know like so Kian and uh, punky always closer in book one because yeah. I knew Rory was going to turn in, in book two I always knew that like that was one thing that I was certain of so that's why I wrote it like that so when everyone was really shocked because I had a, already planned that I was like oh okay like you know I knew Rory was bad when I started so that's why I was like oh I did, you know everyone was like oh what a twist and I thought oh, I thought I had written him that he was kind of not that likable but everyone really liked Rory and I, I thought, liked oh, Rory God. now I
1: feel terrible I did I did pick up though when she come when uh Kemi goes to see him when he gets out of prison and she says um I'm with someone and he's a really good man I feel like she really emphasized that like she's gonna be with Rory that's who she's gonna be with and then when Darcy takes him to the party and I was like well that's awkward
2: (laughs) yeah capital A (laughs) (laughs)
1: and then he just confuses the situation more when he goes into the bathroom because he knows they're not related but cammy still doesn't know that i
2: know he's pissed off he's like that's it um i've 10 years of pining after you woman
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't care that we're related no (laughs) no
0: and so that's basically the premise for the whole of book two is you know sean's passive aggressive moves you know Mm -hmm. him trying to work out how he can get back at sean um he has to kind of like form a relationship with Brody because it's the lesser of two evils um you know and he also realizes that sean is the one that was the third person there when his mum was killed and you know she you know he's killed her because she was going to out him having yeah, she's everything, mm-hmm. and so it's purely for selfish reasons you know he knew that punky was his son when he set him up he because he was just he greed greedily wanted to take control himself um and so it's going through that whole stage of yeah that type of thing but then you've got the sideline going on with cammy and rory you find out that Cammy tried to kill herself, which is just terrible. And then she breaks up with Rory and she finds out before Punky tells her that they're not actually half-brother and sister because she gets invited by her dad to the pub and there's the explosion. So both her dad and Sean tell her that, you know, Sean's Punky's dad and Also, that explosion was brutal. Like, poor Erin,
1: she was oh, yeah,
0: killed yeah. off. Yeah, like, I mean, it yeah.
1: Yeah. She was just it's come amazing. in and ask
0: about the delivery. Like, honestly, <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> I know. Well, that was another Doyle
2: off the list because yeah. that's I, exactly. I wanted them all to die. Like, that's that was what was happening. <laughs> they really- yeah. yeah,
0: yeah,
1: for <laughs> sure,
0: for sure. Yeah. Um, but I did love that scene. So, after that happens, you know, he takes Kami back to his house to like. Look after her because she's been injured in the pub explosion. And she falls over in the bathroom, and he comes in, and then she just starts, like, you know, playing with herself and being like, Oh, sorry, we can't do this right because we're brother and sister, like, just really making one- aggressively, <laughs> aggressively teasing him.
1: <laughs> I
2: know. It's like, You go, I love that. she took charge because she's not happy that he's trying to be a martyr, and that's why I she's know. like fuck you, I'm going to play you at your own game. And I yeah, love that. I love that she always challenges him. I think that they've got a good dynamic because she doesn't put up with him, you know, and she's angry because he he should have told her and, and, you know, and I feel like he was trying to do the right thing. But honesty is the best policy. So, yeah. yeah
0: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But then, like, there was that huge moment <laughs> Where uh, you know they go to the fundraising event and uh, Punky like, just which one <laughs> he heads Brody Doyle. Oh,
2: he he that that scene was difficult to write. I knew it was going to be really really brutal because obviously that's like the head, you know, monarch, and he needed to die differently compared to everybody else. That took me about three four days to write because I just had to get in the right frame of mind because it is so brutal. Um, yeah. so yeah, it was really difficult, but I love. Visually for me, this is gonna sound gross, but visually I love when he kicks his head. And-
0: I was literally I- gonna say that, like <laughs> he
1: his head at Liam like a sucker soccer. And, and, like, catches it. and just looking at it. it like, <laughs> I'm like <go> on <laughs> Oh my god, why are we laughing? I was like, is it weird that I don't know, maybe it says something about us, but I was like yeah, this is
2: exactly when, how he could have died. Like, Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like if he was going to die, he needed to die in a really brutal way and I wanted it to convey with his son. Like I just thought that that because that was like, okay, I'm kicking the ball to you, your, your dad's head, you're next. And I love that. Visually for me I could see that. Um the whole scene I could actually visualise so that a lady with the peacock feather, you yeah. know, like punky poking people so to put their hand up and he's making these strategical moves and I could see that that scene was really vivid for me to write. So that death scene was difficult because I could see it, but to actually convey it was was hard for me because I didn't want to make it super gross, but I wanted yeah. to be graphic as, as, as I possibly could. But, yeah, I, I do, that was my, that's one of my favourite scenes. I love when he kicks the head. I was, I could, I just... Sort of like a football, you know, and he just kicks it and he's just like your legs. So,
0: yeah. But there are like, there are some very graphic scenes throughout the book and Mm -hmm. like traumatizing scenes in terms of like the sexual assault and things like that. So, you said that that part was like hard for you to write, um, but there's also torture scenes as well. But were there any other scenes that you really struggled to write throughout the series?
2: Um, Look, I actually find the sex scenes really difficult to write because um, I just, I I, I actually don't mind writing all the violent scenes. Um, I, I... that for me is fun to write. Like I love writing those scenes because it is so different to what I'm like. You know, I'm really a, a, quite a passive, happy person. And so when I write, I kind of delve into this darkness. I've always gravitated towards like dark stuff. Um, not that I'm a dark person. I just like kind of morbidly. I just find it really interesting. But yeah. um, writing that stuff for me, I kind of tap into this side of me that is already there. But writing the sex scenes is hard because you have to keep it fresh. You have to keep it original. Like I've written, you know, 20-something books. So the passion between Punky and Cammie I find was really difficult to write because they're both so passionate people. So the scene where they're in the house and they break that house.
0: Oh, my God. Well, that's um, directly after the beheading. Correct. And that's what
2: I love. I (laughs) love that you kind of have that scene and then you have this passion scene, which is still violent. So you're still kind of on that high of like, reading about someone getting decapitated
1: yeah
2: yeah so I think this the I find the sex scenes hard just because I just want to make sure that they're fresh and that they they're not just sex you know I want to convey that there is a connection between the characters and that's really important for me so I do find um the sex scenes really hard to write I just want to make sure that they're not boring and you know that they uh,
0: They definitely weren't boring Well that's I I was literally just talking to Beck about this before you got on. And I was like, that scene at the house where they literally broke the house apart was so freaking hot. And (laughs) And then Rory comes in at the end and ruins the mood. Like, Oh, and to (laughs) your phone. And it was even more awkward because they couldn't cover up because, you know, they'd broken through a wall. So punky's yeah, pants yeah. were like in a different room and Cammy's <laughs> dress is just being ripped apart so she can't even get a dress or
1: anything like that i love that but, about uh, it. And she has to wear rory's jacket, to to wear rory's jacket. So um, i don't know why but when you were just explaining how you had to get in the zone to write these gory scenes i'm like did you sit there and paint your face as well like, <laughs> I
0: really want you to, to oh, <laughs> oh,
1: man. get in the
0: zone. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe next time if I write another book, I could. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> you could do a time-lapse video as well while you're writing oh, and just it, like time-lapse of you no, for it'd a week. It would be like a week of like trying to get. Michelle took, poor, poor
2: Michelle, she took her, it only took her four hours, which is pretty good considering how, Good, like Lockie's makeup is. It's, I did that. Do you want to take about four freaking days? Um, but yeah, like a lot of effort goes into the face paint. I'd love to um, paint Lockie's face. I was thinking on an Instagram live. I was just going to paint his face while we're doing the Instagram live and see how I do.
0: I am like, there please. for it. I am there yeah, for it. Well, let me do it.
1: So <laughs> yeah, please let us know when that happens. We'll definitely. I oh, will. <laughs> yeah, we are wording You up Keeping now. an eye
0: out. I'm going to paint you a funky. <laughs> so they run home after the dilapidated house incident because they've got Ethan back they've got him off well he's been detoxing but uncle uncle Sean (laughs) is uncle daddy Sean he's gone uh, (laughs) he's gone and um kidnapped Ethan and also Cammy's sister Eva who's just flown in for a visit um she's brought in straight into the thick of it um, you know, he's kidnapped them. Hen has been, like, beat up severely. So they're like, okay, we've got to go, you know, get them back. But, again, once again, because of his 10-year, like, evil mastermind planning, um, he's got the jump on them, Sean has. So Punky's thinking that he's going in there, you know, with his plan to ambush him with all these loyal people that he's got back and whatnot. Um, but, obviously, Sean's end goal was to like get Kemi because Rory has been working with Sean he's backstabbed them but I think the most like the hardest part because I was saying to Beck like even if he just handed Kemi over you could kind of I don't know. I feel like you could kind of forgive that because you'd be like, okay, you know, he's heartbroken. He's devastated. He's made a momentary lapse in judgment. But the the worst part about his betrayal was that he knew all along that they weren't brother and sister. Oh, no, that was awful. Yeah. He had read the journal, he deliberately concealed it. And then he also, um, like, waited to propose to her until he knew Punky was getting out of jail because he thought, well, lock her in. Yeah, you know, exactly. lock her in and I was yep. saying to Beth like he's going on well I did all these things because I loved Cammy but ultimately like he knew how how much she was struggling with the fact that she had had feelings for her half-brother he knew that she had tried to kill herself and he still was happy to sacrifice that so he clearly didn't love her as much as he made out that he did
2: correct
1: yeah
0: so at that point you know he got a bullet between the eyes. And, and I like, was heartbroken I about this
1: because no, bear- I, no, no, I was heartbroken because I felt bad that, because that, I feel, out of all everyone that betrays him through the whole series, I feel like that's the worst one. Yes, and
2: correct. And that's felt- why he didn't, yep, he didn't die brutally because of that. So he, yeah. Punky, Punky didn't have to, Punky didn't have to torture Rory because what he had done, Rory, was enough of a torture for punky and so he is like mm. i'm not going to like you've, you've broken me and so there's no no matter how much i torture you it's not gonna make it better and this betrayal has broken me so a single bullet between the eyes is, is all that punky yeah. thought he deserved
1: and and that's why i was so heartbroken because i was like yeah. I've been his best friend since he yeah. was a little kid and he is going to have to now live with the fact that yeah his best friend betrayed him and he had to kill his best friend like and the
2: way he is different so that's why I wanted to distinguish the the kill scene it was quick it was it was simple because it was it, it it's, it's a different betrayal compared to everybody else so, yeah and then yeah. I was
1: even just more sad because Keen was so upset I was like no nah! <laughs> a poor
2: kid got shot.
1: Yeah, kid. And then Monkey's like, because he's just so detached from all emotion at that point, because he still doesn't, he doesn't know if Cammy's oh, alive. And he's yeah. just like, he's Ditching giving up. Yeah. And then he's like, trying to help him up. He's like, well, when you stop being a pussy, meet me outside. I'm like, dude, yeah Best
2: friends, that's just that's just punky. Just so that last shred of humanity that he was holding on to mm-hmm. is just gone. And, and Cammy was that for him. So Cammy was yeah. his, you know, he's light at the end of the tunnel, and she's gone. He doesn't know she's dead. He finds out that Rory's betrayed him. He's just he's, he finds out, you know, he's just he's Everything. done,
1: he's lost a shred. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. And and it's just and like, at that point, I was terrified to read book three because I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> this is this is where like if Rory's not safe. Uh, Like they're all gonna die. I don't even know is Punky gonna die. (laughs) What's this
2: crazy woman up to now?
1: (laughs) But also I was there for it. I was like, I'm
0: I'm I'm here to see how this goes. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, book three is hard because he's all of his relationships are called into question. You know, he's trying to push people away again because he realizes he's so far under Sean's control, he's just got no, you know control himself um you know kian doesn't really want anything to do with him and then when he finally does get back on board punky explains how he thinks okay we're gonna um we are going to kind of take back control but then i'm giving everything away so kian doesn't like the fact that he's going to give everything away so you know that's hard between their relationship it's a real back and forth between I, them as to whether yeah. they're gonna i
2: think that was always own- blow up between kian and and punky like that was always gonna happen like obviously Ken's taken a lot of shit from from punky and so he and then rory and every, it was just the last straw for him he's a very patient man so he had to
0: yes and kian with yes. amber as well who was the bait who was the um nanny for the twins when they were little too um yeah. and so a couple of big, that doesn't end well <laughs> there's a couple of big things that happen in this book so firstly we find out that um you know Cammy is being held by Aoife, the nurse from the prison, who has had Punky's baby. Well, I mean, it, he's got a love child. It's got it goes back and forward as to whether you think it is his or not, but it is. Sean's been paying her money, and she's keeping Cammy, um, you know, hostage until Cammy manages to escape with Shay, who is Punky's son.
2: Well, oh, I love him. I love him so much.
0: I He's love so riding cool. him. He was beautiful. I was like yes. a mini punky. Yeah, it. he so is. He so is.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: And so that all comes to a head and they end up at Fiona's house, um, who is the, you know, Connor's mum. Yep. Widow. Um, and I, it. I really and, wanted
2: to die.
0: <laughs> I know. Like, same. Same. <laughs> I did like what she was put in her place, though. It's like, why are you so worried about your kids? You've literally never given a shit about them before. So, yeah. you know I mean, stop so, acting like a, a mum exactly. now. Yeah. But, yeah, so, and that's all, like, going back and forth because, obviously, um, you know, Punky's is trying to work out how he can get this control back, how he can get one past Sean. Um, and Sean's still trying to control them all, keep them under his thumb doing his little manipulations and whatnot here and there. Um, But when they finally get Kemi back is kind of the turning point there for, for Punky because he's like, right, I've got her back. I've got the upper hand. And he decides to make this deal with Alec, the Russian, the Russian mafia boss, who's already dealing with the Doyles. And he's like, okay, well, look, you know, let's, let's take over everything. You can have it all. All I want is to kill Sean and to kill Liam. Because Liam's still alive, you know. So he's, he's survived like, all these years. He's he survived <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to throw a fundraiser because they just or, or a party, a ball, whatever. They they all want to throw these balls, and I just feel like it's not good idea um, for them. Like,
1: <laughs> no, no I'd give up like, on a like, party. Yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I,
0: know, I think can even even can said crazy. that, doesn't he? like,
2: what happened the last time that yeah, we did like, this? Seriously, no. these people never
0: learn.
1: No, um, do not
0: socialize. Yeah, and. Honestly, like, Alec helps him get to, like, into see Liam Doyle because, um you know,
2: Liam. Alex.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Alec's
2: hilarious. He's the best. I love him. I love He's one of my favourite characters.
0: <laughs> so he has to go to Liam's house before this ball because Liam ends up killing Aoife. Like, she's just dead. Poor Eva, She's gone. But, I mean, she yep. was in the way. But also, yeah, it was a good, yeah. Good way to get rid of her I he guess. was in the way because she was like yeah we can be a happy family i'm like no he's with kemi back off um yeah exactly but, you yeah. know she's gone and and liam has taken Shay. so this is where punky's like right well i've got to move everything up alec helps him get into the house and then oh my god i think he was the most brutal murderer of all <laughs> like i know he- he got his throat oh, slit and his tongue cut out from in Columbia in. necktie. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And I just was like, Alec was like, hmm,
2: lovely. Very good. I love, I love that the piece in the back was Bach was playing.
0: In the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Alex is just yeah. like listening to the classical music and he's like, yeah, very good art piece. Um, <laughs> you know, he's just like totally unaffected by it. I love that.
1: I Yeah, <laughs> I, I found that the the most traumatic death out of the entire yeah I even read it to my husband I was like holy shit this just happened to Liam and like he had no idea what I was talking about but I read it to him and he's like what are you reading what, what the shit are you reading <laughs> <laughs> but in, before he dies we find
0: out that Liam's got this ace in his pocket, you know, he's like, "Okay, there's someone else that I'm dealing with. You don't know who it is, and they're yeah, gonna basically win this war." Mm-hmm. So it all comes to a head. They end up getting like control of Sean. um Kian wants Punky to kill Sean, but Sh- but Punky's like, "No, we need him so that we can finally well, get." Yeah, out. because we just found out Amber's dead. Oh yeah, Amber got killed. Amber's dead. Geez,
1: she. You know, poor Kean. <laughs> It get to happen, he can't anymore. even survive this story, Ronan. Though Ronan, he survives after everything he does. He lives. Poor Amber, though she's just like an innocent bystander.
2: We, we needed to have something to have the keen to snap, and I was like, yeah. "Well, he snapped." Yeah. And because keen has been so calm. I feel like he just needed an explosion. I feel like he was he just did. such a good friend. He was supporting Punky. Whatever Punky said, Punky's like, no, nah, I'm giving, you know, this away. He's like, I don't really want to, but okay, if you feel like we should do it. And then I was like, no, nah, Keen needs to explode. What way can I get him to go nuts? And let's kill his fiance." So.
0: <laughs> and like, he's like, no, you've got to kill him. And Punky's like, right, well, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to do this because Keen's done everything for me. So he paints his face. And co- turns into the monster and i mean damn he goes savage on sean and then kian goes oh shit i fucked up here sorry punky uh <laughs> yeah, my shit. bad
1: Even didn't Kimi- realize you were gonna go so dark uh, Yeah, but kemi i think that was a point too where i was like kemi why did you encourage him to do that like because at that i think at that point they both realized like oh shit he's in a dark place. Like yeah. this, I don't think they
0: realized and he was saying he was going to give it all away. And this is where it comes out where he's basically admits I'm, I'm not just giving it away because I want to be with my family. I'm giving it away because like I crave the darkness and I don't yeah. want to become Sean. And so yeah, I think I that really, that. yeah, and it opens up you nailed their it. Their eyes to it as well, and they're like, "Okay, that makes a bit more mm. sense." That's mm. why he
2: had to go that dark. You nailed it because he he's frightened to be like his father. Yeah, it, it's, it's ingrained in him. He he yeah. he he wants to be good, and that's why the book cover of book three is half painted face because he 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 embodies both. He's good and bad, but he knows, put in a position, his bad side's always going to win. His darkness is always going to overrule.
0: And I think Shay as well, Shay sees him with his face half painted and he kind of sums it up really well as well. Cause he's like, you know, you're a man and a monster. You're a monster when you need to get rid of the other monsters, but then you're a man. And, and that kind of, I think starts to change Punky's mindset a little bit like, okay, maybe maybe I do have a bit more control than what I think um and so the whole plan comes down they go to the docs. they're trying to figure out who this person is that's working with Sean and it's kind of like a double cross double cross Alex like who who's gonna win but really he's just there actually trying to get punky to realize that this is in his blood and he can do it and you know Annette Doyle who everybody just forgot about like, well, i mean,
2: know That's why she was put in there like little breadcrumbs. But yeah. I'm like, no yeah. one's gonna remember her. So just, I thought it was just good there, but like, it made sense. Like she, he killed Punky's killed her entire family. Yeah, Of course, yeah. she's yeah. got revenge.
0: <laughs> and yeah. so she's like, well, I'm taking revenge. And Sean's there, like kissing her, and they've got Shay and. She just shoots Shay, and I was like, okay. oh, shit. I
1: was like, oh, Christ, the kid doesn't even survive this story. I
0: know. I know. And so, you know, it comes to an epic showdown. Sean ends up knocking Punky out and then he's like, hey, look, I really did want to rule with you all along. I know it doesn't look like it. In my, I journal. Want to do that journal. in my journal. <laughs> in my journal. It's worth it. It's proof. Okay. I know. And, uh, you know, so what we might do here is you'll just let me go. I put a vest on Shay. He's fine. He's not dead. I put a vest on him. Um, thankfully she didn't go for the headshot. That would have been unlucky. Um <laughs> I know. that's what I was thinking as well. well I have I've saved him <laughs> and so now I'm just gonna walk away and we'll be good. And Puggy's like, yeah, nah. Uh so
1: <laughs> the
0: head. I was like, Thank God. I just I couldn't have lived with him living at the end of all of that. He needed to
2: And the reason why there's a line in there which um, I wrote on purpose because I think everyone was expecting Sean and Punky or I think everyone was expecting Sean to die brutally, which is why I put that line in there that says it's very anticlimactic because everyone is expecting them to fight, Punky to near die, Sean, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't want that. And that's why I wrote that scene where he tortures him because that, yeah. that's the gratification for the reader. That's the gratification of Punky, um, of, of torturing him to the point of Punky actually finding, well, I don't, I don't want him to die that way, you know, I'm not like him. And that's the realisation that he comes to. So when he actually does die, it's a turning point for Punky that, you know, he's brutalised and he's tortured so many other people, but just to kill his dad, shoot him so simply like he did with Rory, was enough for Punky and that's why um, I wrote that particular line because I feel like for me as a reader um, it would have been anticlimactic if you didn't get that torture scene prior because it it all kind of led up to this end scene. So I kind of liked that. I actually surprised myself. That was a twist that I didn't see coming. So I knew he was going to torture him and I thought, how is he going to die? Like I knew Sean wouldn't wasn't going to live. Um, But I feel like that that was a well-deserved ending for Sean because Punky learned from Sean that he's not like his father and so to kill him was enough to kill him that way. So, um, yeah, I, I like that you kind of pulled that out because that's exactly exactly what happened is that, like, it was not a brutal death scene but it was enough of a scene to pretty much say, well, this is, this is the end now and Punky chooses which way he wants to go.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, he realizes too when he reads these journals that Sean, in his own messed up way, did love Punky as a as a son. And so I think that was good that you wrote some of those journal pieces in there. I agree.
2: Yeah.
1: I I back in time.
2: I don't feel like anyone's really. There are villains in this book. But Punky's a villain as well. Yeah. Punky's. Yeah. Punky's not a good person. I mean, he is a good person, but he's he's not like a hero yeah. in this. You know. So I feel like everyone has a darkness. Sean, Con- you know, Connor, Punky, Cammy, Everyone. Everyone has a darkness in this in this book. But it's which way you decide to go, whether you decide to pursue what avenue, and it's all about choice, and that's what I wanted to convey. And so Punky chooses the way he does but Sean chooses to go the way he does So, but I wanted to show both sides of the villain and that's I love writing villains because I want to know I I like their backstory to why they become a villain and that's why with Sean's journals I know it sounded ridiculous but he had no one to talk to he he that's what he said to Punky I don't have anyone I don't you know I don't have any collateral that's why I don't love anybody because you can't it can't be used against me and that's the difference between me and you is that you love people. I don't. And that's what he journals. And you can see that actually his journals is his way of expressing, you know, what he can't, because he doesn't have any human inter um, human connections because he's chosen not to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like at the end of it all, it was really down to punky's choice because through the whole time, even as a kid, like he had no choice and that was, he was brought into this and then, you know, Alec gives him the choice. He's like this, I see your potential. All these other people see your potential. You can actually yep. do something great here and gave him the choice where, you know, he's never had a choice with anything in his life. Correct. So good yep. to say that This was the one thing that he could, he could decide on.
2: Yeah. So, And I think at the end of the day, he, I think I've written, you know, in there that, Like, so crime, drugs, gun, money laundering, it's all gonna, it's all gonna unfortunately exist. And Punky may as well have a hand in it because at least he can control it because he saw what happened when he didn't. But Belfast went to shit. So he can see that, well, if someone who has a bit of a moral compass is in control, at least that way, you know, he can um, work it as best he can, I suppose, you (laughs) know, there's no good in this
0: situation. But yeah. (laughs) And you do find that with the epilogue as well, like, that they, you know, it's kind of returned, Belfast has returned to kind of that harmonious thing where, you know, they provide protection and in return they get that loyalty. And, you know, he started running it the way that he wanted it to be run, like when Connor was in charge. And, you know, shay has been raised with, he's got siblings now as well, which is so cute. And yeah, it's just, I liked how it, how it all ended. I think it would have been, yeah it wouldn't have been true to his story if he would have just got out of everything because it's not it's not who he was from when he was born you know so yes that was the end of it which I absolutely loved Um, (laughs) did you change anything along the way or any of the storyline along the way at all
2: um, not really. No, like I said, I knew Rory was going to be kind of bad from the get go, but everything else, like I'm really weird, rider, you know, I don't really know what's going to happen until I sit down and then I kind of just kind of smash out a few, you know, thousand words and hope for the best. So I don't, nothing really changed. I kind of always knew, um, that what was going to happen with Punky, I suppose, in the end. I kind of always knew that he was going to have that choice and and that was something that was taken away from him his whole life and I wanted that to be conveyed, that he does choose to continue, you know, the family legacy, um, but I, I wanted it to be his choice. I didn't want it to be forced upon him. Um, yeah. So no, nothing really changed. I kind of knew the direction it was going to go. Like obviously, some of the plot twists, I was like, "Oh wow, that's good. Let's just throw that in." Annette Doyle was like a last minute kind of. Um, I threw her in in book two, knowing that she was going to come back, but I didn't actually realise, you know, to the extent of her coming back. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of had a clearish picture, but. Um, you know yeah like i said i'm a bit odd with my writing i just kind of whatever i feel i'm just like oh that'll work
1: <laughs> You know? yeah yeah i think it. you know there were so many plot twists as well but like it all made sense even like you know i was even thinking when you know liam reveals that he's protecting someone i was even thinking in my head i'm like all right who has been mentioned that I've forgotten about? I didn't even, and I didn't even think of Annette, but then when it was revealed, I'm like, oh, my God, of course, because she's lost everything and yeah. And, and,
2: and I feel like her role, she was in the, the book, like, for such a small part, but she is such a huge character.
1: Yeah. She
2: was orchestrating everything throughout book three, like when, you know, when her husband dies and everything. So I feel like it made sense. I couldn't just be some random person that just wanted yeah. to take over. From Belfast and um, from Dublin, it needed to be someone that was a, a, a Doyle um, and someone that hated Punky to, to you know, want to do that. So I felt like it, it made sense. I felt like she, he's taken her, like his whole her whole family away. Um, it makes sense for her to want revenge, but she can't do it on her own because obviously she was on the sidelines. She needed someone, and that was why Sean kind of, you know, put his five cents worth in with her. Um, so yeah, I think it all did come together really well, and it's it's kind of I'm I suppose it's I don't know that's how my brain kind of works it doesn't there is I suppose like a method to my madness because it does work in the end so I think I kind of know what I'm going to write but I don't have a clear you know clear structure but it works in the end so absolutely. yeah
1: well yeah. yeah look we we absolutely loved loved the the series so thank you oh <laughs> thank you oh but what are you working on right now? Um, so <laughs> I'm um so I'm about to
2: release a like a dark historical romance. Mm-hmm. Um so that should be I just because of COVID, I've had a few issues with the cover. So I'm still trying to get the cover organized. Um, but that's been written. So the first book has gone through the first stage of editing and that's with my editor and then i'm um, working on rewrites of a book that i wrote or a series that i wrote about five or six years ago so i just got the rights back from a publisher so i'm going to write the fourth book to that so i'm actually currently just rewriting book two and rereading that so yeah i'm working on a few things at the minute um and then i'm co-authoring with someone um and we're writing a really super dark romance A uh, super dark romance that's uh, super dark romance it sounded like it was like a super dark romance yeah it's
0: definitely not like that it's very dark it's like the darkest
2: thing that I've written and um, did
0: you announce yet who that person is because I saw you did the teasers but I haven't I didn't see the announcement no
2: I haven't announced yet but it's oh, you've theme been like...
0: teasing for a while God. <laughs> I know I like
2: the I like tease <laughs> <laughs> when, when she's ready we'll, we will reveal um but it's I'm excited to find no, out we just don't we just gel very well um she's just as dark and fucked up as i am i guess so when we write it's like oh, i read her she wrote the um she wrote the prologue and so you know how you said the prologue kind of was like wow well, yeah when i read her prologue i was like oh <laughs> i was like oh my gosh, she kicked me in the face and the guts and i just feel like i've been kicked everywhere but yeah
0: yeah so oh, wow. just, she, um, i'm very excited to read this
2: book <laughs> I know. She's, yeah she's an amazing writer she um Amazing! I just couldn't yeah. Everything that she writes, she just kind of takes my breath away, you know. And I'm a pretty tough critic, so she's amazing. And that she's never written a book before, so
0: yeah. She hasn't. Oh. Nah. Okay. Heard
2: it here first. <laughs> Heard it here first
0: <laughs> yes, exclusive. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> she's
2: amazing. Yeah, she's um oh like yeah I don't know I just like I've always been asked this question like would you co-author and I was like no I'm not gonna be able to find someone who put up with my craziness and he'll be able to meet my darkness because you know I am like when I write as you with the punky books you can see I like to be graphic um and I feel like if you're gonna you're gonna write something like that you need to kind of you need you need to be true to the genre you can't kind of skate around the edges um so I never really thought I would find someone who would be um, you know, kind of be able to write like that. And she's oh she's she she's more brutal than I am. It's so that she writes, I'm like, oh my god, that's a bit too far.
1: You <laughs> know, well, because you know, pulling someone's tongue out through their throat is totally exactly. come on, your necktie is nothing compared to what you've written. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So we're
2: halfway through that. Um, so we write it's written from a dual point of view. So I'm writing the male and she's writing the female. Um, so I um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely really interesting. So, yeah, we're doing that. But the historical romance comes out, that will be the next one that I release. So that was challenging. So I wrote that straight after Punky. So writing like a an Irish mafia to like at something set in 9th century um, in
0: Northumbria was completely different as well. So that's the barking one, right? Correct, yeah. So, I, saw the, I saw the prologue for that. Is this the one where Chris Jensen is the cover model?
2: I can't say, but we can pretty much...
0: I saw, I saw, yeah, the hints about it anyway. And I did see yeah. he's growing his beard. He definitely is looking very Viking-like.
2: He sure um, is. Isn't he?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he were to be on a Viking cover, he I would think look he very would
2: good. Do a pretty good job. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with that series,
2: um, so like I said, the cover is taking a while, obviously, because of COVID restrictions. Um, so that book, I think I did a post yesterday about it because a lot of people were like, oh, it sounds like something that I've read. And I said, well, it's 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 history. So it's actually based on historical events. So that was another book. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. So I'm like, let's just, I've just written about, ma- you know, mafia, Irish mafia. I'm going to write about Vikings now. And so, and I'm a history buff. And so, like, it was easy for me to write because I have done, like, I just read histor- a lot of historical nonfiction books, believe it or not. Um, and so I really, I I love, um the Viking era, so like around the ninth century when they invaded England, and so you know I, I released the blurb and people like it sounds very similar to like this that I've read or that that I've watched. I said, well, it is because it's based on fact. It's yeah, true. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not. So, but the thing was is that it, it's a historical romance, so I wanted to make sure that it was not. A history book but the places the people the raids that I write about are all real life events so of course it's going to convey on stuff that you've watched because people are like it sounds like the last kingdom I said well that's set in the same era as that so of course it's going to sound similar um but the princess she's made up and the vikings are they're not real so they're the ones that I've made up but the places and the people the kings and so forth they're all real so that was yeah. my history buff like nerdness coming through and i wanted to always wanted to write a story about that so it's very dark this one because obviously you know i can be brutal with this one because it's medieval times so and hey let's brutal.
0: yeah i don't read what? that sort of stuff but i literally just finished re- uh watching the vikings show on netflix last night oh, oh, yeah. And, yeah, like i actually liked like because when i was reading the the prologue i was like yeah like those types of things like connected because i'm right.
2: like okay than that, well, I'm see that's ask. what i like so i feel like um so the so i released the blurb and so it, it everyone's like oh it's set in like it's so it's set just before alfred the, the great you know so yeah. it is i think people will be able to relate to the book because it's not it's probably stuff that they have watched and like oh i I know what this means because I've just watched it and that's why I feel yeah. like it's going to be a historical romance that will be relatable to a lot of readers. I don't think it will be so far out of people's, pick my readers' element that they'll still pick it up. It's still a Monica James book. It's just Vikings and it's angsty and it's, you know, a, a really strong female who's a princess and a really alpha strong Viking. It's exactly the same as what Punky and Kami are but just set in medieval times pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but... I just, yeah, I did the post yesterday just wanting to um, state that, yeah, it's, look, it's going to sound similar because it's history. Um, yeah. And a lot of research went into this book. It, it it took me ages because I just wanted to make sure that all the raids and the facts were as factual as possible without being boring.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's exciting because I'm a huge history buff as well and I know how oh. to them some of those torture scenes like could yes. possibly be because they were violent in real life. Correct.
2: And the Vikings are just they're so brutal. Like they're yeah, they they so, so, so creative. Like, oh, with their kill stuff, like they're just so, so creative. Like, yeah. Kudos to them, you know, my scenes are nothing compared to what they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: cute.
2: so yeah. So I feel like I know a lot of people worried because obviously reading... By, um, you know, the Deliver Us from Evil trilogy, people are like, Oh, why is she doing historical romance? It's still the same, you're still going to get the same book as what you are going to read when you read a Monica James book, it's just set in different times, exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah, Vikings
0: and Princesses. It um, exactly. Who doesn't love a beard,
2: <laughs> exactly?
0: <laughs> yeah, and I can just like, you know, I've got Ragnar in my mind, I'm like. Oh. I know. I know.
2: Well, it was it was really difficult. So I didn't know. I'm like, should I do a cover model or should I do a concept cover? And um and then yeah, and then I was like, no, I really want to do like a, a an amazing, like, you know, like a Viking cover. So um yeah, I think the cover's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be well, it's gonna be like a punky cover, you know, like a really different cover. Can't,
1: Can't wait. wait. So excited. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. excited. Yeah. So excited. I yeah, I um yeah the the covers are just amazing like
2: michelle did a brilliant job and like so lucky he's such a such an amazing person like he just sat there and um he just allowed Michelle to do whatever to her. Cause it was the first time that she did, you know, like stage kind of makeup. I and mean, she's such a great job. Like she did an amazing job. And I said to her, So the reason why she was able to convey it so well is because she read the prologue and she's like, oh my God, that prologue just kicked me in the face. And yeah. so she was able to draw that inspiration. And then Lockie read it and he was like, oh my God, wow. So to get, I think to be able to read that for them was able to inspire the makeup. Um, and that made me feel so happy because at that stage, you know, um it had been edited, but it hadn't been out. So I was like, "Oh, good, okay." So it, that prologue obviously was the impact that I wanted to have. So yeah, but she did. She's so great, Michelle. She's just just so clever. She's so talented. Um, yeah, and absolutely. yeah, Lockie's just amazing. He just sat there and, <laughs> and let her
1: let her paint I, his face. I did see the story. I think it was on. I think it was on Loki's Instagram of him getting his face painted, and I was actually really surprised because a lot of the. The covers, I know, like, they'll just superimpose the, you know, the tattoos or whatever. And I kind of thought that maybe it was. But when I seen it was actually face paint, I'm like, yeah. that's so cool. Like I, love- yeah, I, I actually, actually did- think that really went, like, a long way into the cover as well.
0: Because I feel like it was for Lockie... Like he just put on this different face and became a different person because you can see how his nature is just so jovial and playful. I've seen him in videos with you and I've seen him in behind the scenes with Michelle as well where he just seems so like down to earth and playful, but then he put this face paint on and he just became a completely different person.
2: Well, he's just, look, such a nice person. What you see is what you get with him. He's so genuine. He's so lovely. Uh, We get along really well and he just has so much fun together. but, yeah, when he put that punky face paint on, you know, he's just he's fire behind the camera and you can see it, you know. Michelle yeah, he just
0: embodied it. You could tell it was like a different yeah. person I think, shining through I his
2: eyes. Really, I think he enjoys that, you know. Like he said to me that he does enjoy, obviously enjoys every photo shoot, but something different for him is, is like with me, like wanting to write something different. When you are able to do something different instead of the same old stuff, I think it's it's interesting, you know, as, a, as an artist. And he is. He is. He's conveying like being a book boyfriend to like you know so many readers. So yeah, yeah to, to Punky, he's 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 nailed it. And how cute he named his little fish Punky. So I think um, I think he's at his dad's work. I think he said um, they got a catfish, and so he did a competition like a naming thing on his Instagram. And it was yeah, Punky won. Everyone said name him Punky. So. Oh,
0: absolutely.
2: I <laughs> so, yeah, the absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we've got some really tough questions for you now. These are probably the hardest ones you'll answer. Okay, awesome. Bring them on. All right. I'm what ready. Your
1: favorite color? Black. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> um, what? It has been your favorite book to read
2: to read oh flowers in the attic is my favorite book yes i read that when i was oh maybe like 14 yeah i was in high
1: school reading that book yeah i was the
2: same um yeah flowers in the attic is my i love that book i probably have read it i I can't even tell you how many my copy is on the shelf and it's it's wrecked because i've read it so many times it's my go-to if i can't if I don't, I'm not in the mood to read anything. I'll read that book. It's so messed up. I just can't believe it was published when it was. It was I
1: great. know. Yeah, and I love the, I loved the um the movie as well, but the book. Yeah,
2: is- I thought the book is just amazing. I don't know. I just, I just find it so, it's so taboo for the the era that it was written. Yeah, I, really. I, like, Every concept, like every part of it is really bad. Like the twins die and I'm like, what what did they die? how did they die? Like what? Mom mm-hmm. well, was off limits there. So yeah, Flowers in yeah. the Attic is my is my I love it. I just I love mm-hmm. that book so much.
1: I think like I've always been my mum was is a big reader and I grew up reading, but I think like that's one that I can remember which really got me into
2: Same. Yeah, Flowers in the Attic yeah. for me was my was my like oh, I think that's what kind of um I think that kind of what drew me into darker literature. You know, I was yeah. kind of like, you know, I like to read romance, but I kind of I don't like the conventional stuff. I find it kind of, you know, not boring. But I'm like, I, I want to read stuff that's going to be challenging and make me go, oh my god, what the hell did I just read? You know, yeah,
1: and sex in there too. Like that's that's why not. That's all right. Well, if flowers was in
2: the attic, it's between brother and sister. So you know, well. <laughs> I, know,
1: I know. Oh goodness. Um, and if you could be an animal, what would you be?
2: Hmm. I don't know. Maybe a cat. They've got great lives. I love cats. So yeah, okay. I think a cat, they just sleep all day and eat and just be know. pissed off. People accept it if they're angry.
0: She's really like, I like cat at all times. always angry and it's
2: acceptable. It's just a cat. You know, if you're just a dog, like, why well, I'm in a bad mood, but a cat, you're like, ah, it's just a cat. It's a bad mood.
1: I'm it's always angry. showing Amanda, like, and my cat, I saved her. I rescued her. And oh. but she loves everyone in the house more than me. <laughs> <laughs> Typical and, cat. <laughs> but you just deal with it. You accept that. If it was anything else, you'd be like, yeah, I'm not accepting that. But because it's a know. cat, you're like... That pissed off attitude. I'm something. Yeah. <laughs> like, thanks, Amanda. I'm like, look at this cat. <laughs> <She's> like... <laughs> I love it. If you could have a superpower,
0: what would it be?
2: Mm. <sighs> I suppose at the moment, be flying, so I can get
0: out of here. <laughs> Fly <Yeah>, away, somewhere. Very True. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. If you were a chair, what celebrity would you want to sit in? You.
2: <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh jesus um oh man that's a great question i i don't know i crush on a lot of celebrities like uh, it changes every week you know i think i'm just like i think this week um i really like i can't pronounce his surname it's you know timothy no. you know the guy He's in. um i can't pronounce his name he's like timothy Cham- Chameley or he's oh. in the he's like a really weedy guy he's got yeah. like and he was in like t- um tell me your name oh man i'm just really bad memory um oh and he was in um what else is he in? oh i like him but i don't even, like, probably I'll, don't even know who
0: I'll I look i'll look his him. name
2: up <laughs> it's like Sh- timothy Sh- Sh- i can't even pronounce his name Shami something
0: or other oh oh
2: yeah, so them. Timothy Cham- Sh-
0: Chalamet. Uh-huh. Got it. And lastly, Him. what would your torture technique be?
2: <laughs>
1: um,
2: torture. Well, I like the Columbia neckties. I think that's pretty brutal. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean it's up there. And it's it's it's
2: pretty sassy. You can have a little tongue tie. <laughs>
1: I mean, it was brutal enough that he was, like, literally hacking into his neck with a paperweight. I know. He, he made do
2: with what he had. He yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, stapled his neck He's like the Goma. Well. I know. Well, yeah. Shut up. Stop talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. He's
2: like the diver. He makes do with what he's got.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for catching up with us today. We've had a ball. Oh, um, thank you. And we look forward to reading your Viking romance when it comes out.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs>